I'm Amanda Olberg, Managing Editor of Education Next. We invite you to join this week's Education Next podcast, available online Wednesday morning each week at educationnext.org. We're headed into the general election. Trump is going to be the Republican nominee. It looks like Clinton's going to be the Democratic nominee. We have never seen politics so partisan and so personal and so intense as in 2016. And the public seems to be divided on just about every issue and maybe even on lots of things in education. So I have with me today, I'm Paul Peterson, the uh, editor-in-chief of Education Next, at Harvard University, I have with me today uh, Professor Robert Shapiro, the Wallaceer Professor of Government at Columbia University, who wrote this absolutely remarkable book, The Rational Public, with Ben Page. And uh, the two of them pointed out that the public really doesn't change its opinion all that much from one year to the next. They, it, public opinion is really quite stable. So what I want to ask you, Bob, is what with all this partisanship going on in general, do you see that things are becoming more uh, divided along partisan lines in general on many issues out there, not even thinking about education for the moment, but in general, do you see this when it comes to the issues of the day that Democrats and Republicans are dividing uh, more uh, distinctively than ever before? Well, when political scientists and public opinion researchers began studying public opinion and partisanship, the big partisan divide was the divide along basically big government um, economic kinds of liberalism and conservatism. Fast forward to the present, present, the public is now divided on all manner of issues because the parties have become much more distinctive on all these issues. It was said in the 1950s and thereafter at times there wasn't a dime's worth of difference between the two political parties and fast forwarding, forwarding it today, we can ask is there a dollar allowing for inflation? <laughs> it's worth a difference. Uh, but, but what's happened since then, and there's a, there's a very long history, but the key time period where the parties began to diverge on other issues was it was in the 1960s where they split on, they split on civil, civil rights in such a way that the Democratic Party became the clear pro-civil rights party, the Republican Party, the uh, anti-civil rights party, even though before then the Republican Party had been the, still had been the party of Lincoln, which was the uh, pro-racial you know, uh, liberalism party. Well, that was the 1960s, but now this is 50 years later. Have things really changed that much since the 60s, or did the divide yeah, take place then? But yeah, well, they div the divide took then on, on racial issues, but fast-forwarding, through intra-party competition, the parties began to become further divided on issues of uh, gender rights, all manner of social moral values issues, fast-forwarding to the present, gay rights, um, and abortion. We can run through a full litany of issues, labor, energy, the environment. Uh, almost any new issue that comes up, there's a good chance there'll be divisions along party lines. Also, they've become divided on party lines on, on issues of national security and foreign policy. Beginning after the Vietnam War period, it was thought that the Democratic Party was the Dove Party and the Republican Party was the Hawk Party. Fast forwarding to the president, that, that relationship has gotten much, much stronger, particularly with the uh, George W. Bush years. 
Of course, everything can change. If uh, the Trump campaign goes forward, uh, maybe we'll get a new kind of fuzzing. I, I suppose it's too early to tell whether that's going to happen. Well, or there not. is there there is al there is already fuzzing there. I mean, the what what this election has shown is that there have been a big chunk of what uh, James Stimson referred to as conflicted conservatives, cons conservatives who are conservative on certain sets of issues, but when it came to issues like entitlements, uh, even things like regulation of Wall Street and so forth, they actually take much more liberal opinions. And what Trump has been doing is been driving a wedge in that. Um, just today, he began stepping back with regard to his position on the minimum wage, acknowledging that there might have to be something done on that front, which is probably um, driving mainstream Republicans ballistic at the moment. All right, so that's current politics, but uh, we're focusing on education at Education Next and in this podcast. So I, now I want to ask you, how does the divide play itself out on education issues? On what issues does there seem to be a significant division between Democrats and Republicans? And on what issues do you not see such a big division? Well, in research I, I, uh, that I just did recently, looking at updated public opinion trends on issues related to education, there are divides on education when education gets seen as sort of a big government issue, an issue of government spending, where Republicans are less supportive of spending than the Democrats. Although I have to say education is really a widespread consensus or valence issue, as we, as we call it, where people are supportive of, of, of supporting education and opportunity. Uh, the question is how much, how much government should, should uh, spend on it. Republicans take somewhat of a more conservative view on that. There are also some issues related to education having to do with prayer in school, teaching of evolution. Uh, there are issues having to do with um, civil rights issues related to busing where, where there have been partis partisan divides. But what's happened recently is that those issues have, have begun taking a back burner of positions. And more recently, there have been issues having to do with education uh, basically quality and accountability, where the issues there se seem, seem to have, have produced a set of conflicted liberals, liberals who are supportive of big government, pro-labor, and so forth, who've been stepping back in the context of what needs to be done to improve the quality of education, where they take, they've been taking positions more consistent with what conservatives have been taking. So you're saying that there's a significant number of liberals who agree with a more conservative position when it comes to education and holding schools accountable uh, having high expectations for teachers, not so much enthusiasm for a strong union and collective bargaining there, rights. There, 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 there's still divisions on, on unions, but when it, when it comes to things that can, can improve the quality of education, having to do with merit pay for teachers, testing, even uh, the common core has turned into, into, into a partisan issue where basically overall there's, there was still majority support for it even though there's been some retrench retrenchment on that front. But a, lo a lot of it has to do with basically the fact that we've been talking about these issues for a great many years and, and schooling has not gotten better. And I think people are looking for solutions. So you think that's the driving force here is a, as a genu genuine dissatisfaction across the public as a whole with the state of American schools? I think that's the case. Also, it, it also it comes from the level of political leaders. Now, we can debate whether it's leaders influencing the public or the public influencing leaders. But you have to remember, in this context, the current context of partisan divisiveness, polarization, and gridlock, we've had two major uh, education bills in, in, in recent years. No Child Left Behind and then the recent ESSA bill that was passed in December 2015 it that was passed. Every Student Succeeds Act. Every Student Succeeds Act. Yeah. And it was passed by bipartisan support. 
Now, the idea of major legislation passing with bipartisan support in, in the face of increasing polarization in Congress is unusual and I think deserves closer scrutiny. And the fact of the matter is, is that the, the, the issue doesn't divide on clear liberal conservative lines. I think it divides on dissatisfaction with current policy, although the Republicans' dissatisfaction has to do with dissatisfaction with anything the Obama administration does. Well, I just wrote a piece in which I said, that really, there's more continuity between Bush and Obama on education policy than a lot of people are willing to recognize. They both really wanted to uh, shake up the local school districts uh, through one regulatory strategy or another. Yeah, and, 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 I, and I, th I think the, I the irony here is, is that the recent Education Act was passed through bipartisan support as a result of dissatisfaction uh, by, some, by some Republicans and Democrats at those mainstream politicians who tried to get together and do good things for education. Well, I agree with that. You know, there was uh, a, a consensus between two presidents, but they didn't bring that many people along with them, and they lost more and more people as time went on. Yeah, and, th and their parties got together and, and came, came up with the latest solution, which Obama did sign into legislation. Now, going forward, do you see this as likely to continue or is education going to get sucked into the political divide and we're going to have uh, Republicans and Democrats fighting over education reform in the future in the way that they weren't in the past? I think there's going to there's be continue to be a lot of politi politicking, angry voices and dissatisfaction with education, but they're not going to be split on, on Democratic-Republican lines. That, it's, that, that is, they're gonna debate. the devil's going to be in the details. The details have to do with the role of the federal government versus the states and the localities and what's going on at the level of schools with uh, parents and teachers. Well, how much of this has to do with the fact that the worst schools tend to be located in the central cities, or at least the schools where students are performing at the lowest levels are to be found in the central cities where we have a minority population? either African-American or Hispanic that tends to vote Democratic. Is that the driving force that is, makes education politics different from the other politics? Well, I think it's starting to make it different in, in the sense that, the, uh, that, that basically the, the, the parents living in, the, in those areas have been rethinking, you know, rethinking what's, good for the, what's good for their kids and what's good for the schools at, at the level of districts and, and, and localities. And they've tended to, to support things um, things in different ways, and, and I think they're among the conflicted liberals in all this. So we have conflicted liberals, we have conflicted conservatives. Uh, are the parties going to exchange places at any point in time? That's that 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 that's a very good question. I th I think that's I think that's that's very unlikely. Although the big question is, and that, that this takes us outside of the the realm of uh, um, education. Although although Trump has to decide what his education stand is, 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 is go going to be. There is a question of what the, what the current status of the Republican Party is going to be. Or whether we're going to have a Republican Party. We might, uh, that's, we that's might right. see some, some big right. changes. So yeah. uh, that, yeah. that really brings up the larger question of political realignment. And we'll talk about that sometime, Bob. But uh, thank you very much for today and shedding light on the nature of public opinion on education issues, how the public is not as deeply divided along party lines on education policy as they are on many other issues out there today. And uh, thank you, Bob, for shedding light on this question. I'm Paul Peterson. This is the Education Next podcast. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Education Next's weekly podcast, released every Wednesday morning. For more on education reform, visit us online, educationnext.org.